Welcome, Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the podcast that gets deep into the psyche of extraordinary achievers across all genres, cutting to the chase to unlock the secrets of their success, their achievement, philosophies, and motivations. Join us in the quest to find out what makes the movers and shakers of our world tick and what gems of wisdom we can learn from them. Now, over to your host, Lisa Tamati. Welcome to the show, Pushing the Limits. It's Lisa Tamati, your host here, and today I have Grant Verhoeven from Massey University in uh, Wellington, the Wellington campus. Now, Grant, I met recently at the Otago uh, Polytechnics Alumni, Distinguished Alumni Awards evening, where Grant and I both received an award, and I had a very interesting conversation with him, and that's why I've invited him to be on my show today. Now, Grant Verhoeven is a career developer manager uh, for Massey University and he also runs his own business called Sparked which is all about igniting people's passion for their work and finding their talents um, whether it's a young aspiring professional or someone who's mid-career and wants to redirect their where they're going in life. He's a coach, uh, a leadership developer, an entrepreneur and he has a, a multi-award winning um, LinkedIn trainer. He's also got a Bachelor of Applied Social Services and a Master's of Management and is recognized as a Massey Scholar. So we have a very interesting conversation around what's happening out in the workplace today, where the world's going and how you can best find your job, a job that suits your passions and your strengths. So over to Grant Verhoeven. Um, my passion is really around uh, helping people unlock their talents and strengths uh, to, yeah. to find work and careers they love. So uh, I've, I've got the privilege of doing that for, for students uh, during the day and yep. then uh, developing something up for, in my that. free time for a, a wider audience. So Right. So, yeah, you, let's tell, talk a little bit about the, your uh, sparks.co.nz is your website, S-P-A-R-K-E-D. Um, so yep. that's your company or your, your business, that your side hustle, so to speak? Yep, side hustle. Uh, part of, uh, I suppose, generating something new in a career, in my opinion, is is one of the steps is about hustle. So, um, you know, I've got a bit of an entrepreneurial bent, and uh, <laughs> I, I suppose the the biggest thing for me is is being able to impact uh, people, uh, as many people as I can, and in, in, in the community. Um, and what I've observed, Lisa, is that. Uh, you know, there are some tools out there like Careers New Zealand and uh, even within a university for, for you know, school, school and even tertiary students. But when it comes to people in their mid-career, yeah. uh, where do we go to if for whatever reason we feel stuck or we're not quite sure what we want to do next? Uh, and so uh, I'm basically trialling out and developing something which uh, is really around building a, a community um, and a support and also giving people some best practice tools and resources to, to get that career clarity, direction, a bit of motivation. Maybe people are either wanting to change or they're having change done to them. And, uh, you know, having experienced uh, redundancy myself um, and having been through a, a couple of different careers, I, I certainly know what it's like to have to take a long, hard look at uh, 
at oneself what we're doing uh, and, and, and really have to map out a, you know, the next step in, in work. And I, you know, I think that that's a really uh, relevant point is in today's society, it's not like when, when uh, I was in high school and you got out of high school, you, got your, you maybe got your degree or you went into a trade and that was you pretty much set for life, you know, you had your job, you were a teacher, you were a nurse, you were a doctor, you were whatever you were. Uh, yep. And nowadays, what I find is like I'm, you know, very old nowadays. I'm 48, and I don't know how many careers I've already had. If you looked at, you know, the amount of different roles that that I've had, and I think that that's a typical pathway now that people have typically got three, four, five, six careers within their working lifetimes, and that is uh. Uh, something that's changing rapidly in the in the digital world that we're living in. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, having, uh, I suppose, coached and trained, uh, you know, over a thousand people, uh, yeah. and in addition to that, I suppose, living and breathing it uh, almost every day, um, certainly the whole digital technology space uh, is, 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 is one of the big, big areas that people are having to, I suppose, grapple with, but also find opportunity in. Uh, I, I work with a a lot of young people. I mean, I, I just think back, Lisa, to, you know, when I was I was a student or I was thinking about what to do next when I was, uh, you know, in high school. And uh, I remember agonising over what, what what should my career be? And I actually enrolled in five different universities. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether or not I wanted to be a, an optometrist, a physiotherapist, or I just wanted to do a general degree. And at that point, I mean, I'd go to a, a career advisor at my school and, and guess what was there? There was a whole lot of brochures. You'd walk into the room and there'd be books and brochures. I don't know if you ever, don't know if you ever remember it. Yeah, <laughs> um, but, but now we've got a, we've got a, we've basically got a, a resource on steroids, which is the internet. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I say that one of the big things where, you know, particularly a, you know, uh, our children and, and the next generation are living in is, is generation opportunity. And the biggest thing is how, how do you make a, a good career decision when there's just so many different options? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there are, it, it doesn't happen by accident. There are schools, skills and techniques people can go through. Um, and, and really it's just giving people confidence to give things a crack and, and, uh, you know, a bit like what you talk about, Lisa. It's it's as much about mindset and and being able to, you know, test out a, a, a few different things. Um, you know, yeah. not being afraid to, to fail, but also knowing that there is there is a process that you can actually go through, so that you know, it won't guarantee you success, but at least it'll give you that roadmap and plan to work through. I think that's that's brilliant because yeah, I wish someone would sort of give me a roadmap. I still I still wish someone would give me a roadmap. Perhaps we can talk about that laughter. But um, it, it's what to do. It's taking the knowing the steps to take, if or even what careers are out there and what's available and in which directions you can uh, go in and study. And I mean, I found that when I was leaving school back in the dark ages, that you didn't actually know what was involved in the professions that you were looking at, and they were all intimidating. Uh, and you, you need that says you, you I mean you don't I mean I don't I think many people don't really know their their own strengths and weaknesses and that self awareness is something that you develop as you perhaps get older. Um, but is that something that you do with the younger younger clients developing that self awareness? Where are your skills, your strengths, your weaknesses? What do you enjoy? Yeah, well, I mean it doesn't just necessarily relate to to younger clients. I mean, but you, you're, you're being on. I mean, the first step. 
and any roadmap or anyone will tell you is about knowing yourself and who you are. So whether or not you're, you know, 13 or 30 uh, or even 45, um, you know, it, it's a, it, it is a case of knowing what your skills and strengths are. Uh, and, I mean, there, there is, I mean, we're expected at a younger, you know, certainly at a younger age to have to make, uh, you know, career decisions and pick subjects and what am I going to study? But at a, at a, at a, I suppose when you get into, say, your 30s and 40s and, and you know, you, you're working through your career, Lisa, I mean, it even becomes more important because, you know, there, there are more commitments, you know, we've got a bigger, you know, I suppose a bigger source of information. Um, and, and of course, the other thing I've observed is people actually start taking on, I suppose, they almost take on a, how do you put it, a profession um, or, a, or a role, which effectively is just a, a set of skills and talents that they have. And they've just sort of, sometimes they've landed in it by accident yeah. or they've they've actually made a deliberate choice. So, yeah, we're not, one of the things that I really recommend, it's a bit like Lego, Um I mean, I don't know. I've got two young, young, young children, two young girls. We've got, uh, you know, they're they're really into this Lego. Uh, and if you think of, you know, uh, five or six pieces of Lego, uh, you build it up into a, I don't know, a tower or whatever, whatever you're into. Those are your key skills and talents and your strengths. But when we're going through a career change, or you know. Maybe we've, we're having to go through a redundancy. What ends up happening is where it gets real complicated is it's been built into something. And, and so how do we take those Lego pieces apart, look at them, and then effectively slot them into the, the best possible scenario? Uh, I mean, you know, that that, that is as relevant, you know, for a 17, 18-year-old as it is for, for somebody who's yeah, in their mid-30s mid or 40s. Yeah, who's made redundant or wants to take a, a leap into the entrepreneurial world. Um, yeah. So do you work actually outside? So at the moment, your your role, what what is the name of your role? You're at Massey University in Wellington. Yeah, so my my effectively my, my role is to develop students' skills and confidence so that when they leave here, they can um, effectively step into their dream job. So, I mean... My technical title is career development consultant, but here on the Wellington campus of Massey, there's there's about three thousand students, and uh, I pretty much lead the the career and employability service down here. Or, um, you know, I work with a number of students as well to uh, pretty much um, either help develop projects or you know get their input. I call them a team of career advocates, and uh, you know, I'm, it's it's a real so it's a I suppose amazing opportunity to work with what is, you know, the next generation of talent. So um, this is really good. I mean, I just did a, um article recently on higher education and, you know, how, how the world's changing and that university is going to have to concentrate more on liaising with, you know, large employers, helping facilitate the the journey for the student from uh, being a student into their first careers um, how important that will be, even in onboarding new students, uh, with a, with a career focused on on you know particular employees and what their needs are. Um, so it's it's pretty cool to hear you know that that Massey University is doing and taking a, a obviously a, a leadership role in, in doing this. 
Um, and I imagine, you know, a lot of the other universities will be doing so, but it is becoming more and more important, isn't it, that liaison with, with possible employees. Do you, mm. employers, do you do that as well? Yes, yes. I, I mean, I work across, I mean, Massey is quite unique in a sense that it's got three three campuses and, and, a, and a cohort of extramural students. So, you know, we're, we're across, you know, three different geographic locations across New Zealand. So I've got colleagues on the other other campuses and we all, you know, liaise and, and, and speak to and host um, employers. Uh, I, you know, I'm a big, a big fan of co-facilitating workshops employers so that uh, you know they you know it's, it's all well and good for me to talk about you know the, the career principles but you know if you if you get somebody from who's who's out in industry to come in and and effectively say what a what may actually be exactly the same thing it's I mean the yeah. students really love it um, so yeah I mean we, we we have very strong relationships with with employers and I mean they're a critical piece of the puzzle in terms of uh, being able to, uh, you know, I, I mentioned about giving students skills and confidence. They're a critical piece of the puzzle to be able to give them the skills and confidence. So when they, you know, leave, um, they can they nothing. can feel, you know, it's not a big scary world out there. Through their time at Massey, not only have they actually got a, a qualification and a degree, but they've also got that confidence of knowing, yes, I've connected with this 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 placement or this employer, or you know, I managed to give this side gig a go. And, uh, yeah, it's not, not such a, a big jump. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a really, really important point is that, um, you know, students have that feeling. Because, you know, I have talked to a number of students in the, uh, recently when I was researching for that, that article, uh, and a lot of them felt like, um, to be honest, that their, their degree wasn't relevant. They didn't actually know how to apply it in the actual workforce. They they basically wanted to tick the box to get the degree because they needed it for promotion or for a certain you know pay scales and things, but they didn't really feel like it was actually effective in their actual roles and jobs. Do you see that as being a, a, a you know a fair enough comment in many of the degrees? Uh, well, it's it, you, you, it's an interesting one because the debate can go two ways on that. Uh, Lisa, I mean, we do, you know, research. I mean, Massey does research around the graduate destination, um, and and ask students about the, you know, did they need their their qualification to to get into the role that they're in, and and you know, certainly a, a a large percentage sort of come back and say yes, they needed their qualification to get the foot in the door to to actually get into the qualification and to get into the role that they've applied for. Um, so you could argue that yep. I mean, effectively, uh, a, a degree or a qualification gives you that foot in the door um, to be able to go into to certain opportunities. The the flip side, and you know, I get asked the question or, you know, quite often. You know, am I going to get a job at the end of my degree? Uh, mm. Is is it's as important what you do through that time, uh, both whilst you're studying and academically, it's just as important about developing as a person, some of the extracurricular stuff. Um, you know, I mean, I, I had one student, for example, we recently ran a project called Student Volunteer Week, um, where we had students going out, actually volunteering in the community, and, and we did you know, different placements. And this student was in communications, and she said, right, I'm going to give this a crack. She set up a Facebook um, page. You know, she... Um, you know, put out posts and and I mean the 
the reality is when when we debriefed afterwards you said it was actually tougher than i thought mm, yeah you know, i mean i learned this that and the other thing it wasn't a raving success nothing went viral you <laughs> no. know but, but it's that? the fact that she gave that a crack she's in a second year student and look i mean she's still got another you know year and a bit to go what a fantastic thing to a put on your cv um but more importantly develop uh you know some of those key skills and and so i suppose lisa when it comes to oh you know uh university and you know this whole sort of job hunting it's it's as much about developing and growing individuals as it is around taking a box of a degree yeah i'm so glad to hear you say that um i studied a guy called um adam brown now adam brown was uh he's um, pencils of promise. He um, developed all these schools all around the world uh, for, in, in third world countries because he saw a need to do this and he, 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 he was a huge success, these pencils for promise schools in all these third world countries, 400 of them. And then he came back to the States where he was living and he realised that their whole tertiary education system was broken and that um, he, he met his uh, future wife and she was loaded with student debt and she actually had to give up before she finished the degree because she couldn't take on any more. Um, and he realised that, you know, the, the whole system was broken. So he set up something called Mission U, which was very much a, a short one-year study programme that was uh. very, very industry-specific, uh, worked in with employers um, uh. to find out exactly the skill set that they needed. And they worked a lot on the soft skill set um, so that you know your communications, your ability to work in a team, your leadership potential, all of these sort of types of things, mm. um, and so it actually came out with with things that could actually help them in their job roles, whatever their job role would be. And the, and the great thing with Mission U was that they didn't charge any upfront fees. If mm. they were successful in placing you, that's when you paid, I think, fifteen percent of your income for the next three years if you were earning yeah. over a certain amount. And I thought, what a, a, an interesting uh, business model or, or a school model or education mm. model. Um, and, you know, do you think that New Zealand's tertiary education system has got some broken links in the chain? I mean, this is probably a, a difficult, you know, question to ask you in your current role. But <laughs> just stepping aside from that and saying, you know, are there issues around this? What do you think about such a model without having studied it, obviously, yourself? Any thoughts on that? Oh, look, I mean, I mean, firstly, you know, you're, you're, you're bang on. We could probably do a whole podcast about, uh, you know, the education system and, uh, you know, the rights and the wrongs and, 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 and best practice. Uh, I mean... It was interesting. I, I remember Nigel Latter. Don't know if you saw it. He, he I think he did a uh, a program around you know students transitioning into either higher education and you know the debate about do that should they go into higher education apprenticeships. Mm-hmm. You know, are we are we are we selling them short? It, it was a really good program. Um, so I mean, we could debate. You know, we could talk about that. I think I think the the principles though are that uh, you know. We, we've got to stay up with the the play. Yeah, that's. that's uh, I key. mean, and 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 New Zealand, in my opinion, uh, if I was if I was blunt, I don't think New Zealand actually values career development and professional career development um, as strongly as some of the other countries that I've researched. Uh, I mean, again, it's you know there is a, there is a component of it. I mean, you know we have uh, you know there's 
you know, if, if, if you look at uh, the rhetoric, we talk about terms such, I mean, from a government point of view, there's terms such as employability, you know, there's shifts around Korea New Zealand being moved into the Tertiary Education Commission, um, you know, there's there's all, you know, there's the funding of secondary school teachers, there's the funding within universities of, 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 of people like myself, and then there's questions around, okay, so when you actually are out in the workforce, where do you, where do you go to actually get career support? Mm. Um, and in I suppose one of my, you know, having recently presented at a professional development day for, for over 30 secondary school teachers, you know, I, I'm really passionate about how do we actually make sure that Kiwis are getting into work that they are you know, built to do, that they're skilled to do and are engaged in. Uh, I mean, yeah. we've got some, if you look at the you know, Productivity Commission reports, we work harder than you know, a majority of other OECD countries, yet our productivity is pretty poor. Yet, what, what, and, and the answer is, oh, we need to be smarter, we need to be producing a lot more, um, I don't know, smart products. Well, if, you know, I'll ask you this, Lisa, if, if you go to a cafe and you look around and there's a, you know, let's just say there's, I don't know, 50 people in the cafe and the statistics tell you that only one third or less than one third of those people will go back to their desks or their jobs fully engaged. Yep. Yeah, because they're not passionate about it. You mean they're, oh, they're doing roles they're, that they're not? Oh, look, there's also there's so many different reasons for for you know. I mean, this concept of engagement. I mean, you know, the Gallup organization measures engagement there's you know research around you know is it a good measure is it not but the upshot is that they're going back to a role that may i mean one reason might be that they they aren't you know being given the opportunity or they don't know their own skills and yep. and talents and, and their strengths i mean yeah. you know if, if you think of you know us for example i mean if we were working on a project together, which we are, we're yep. bringing, uh, you know, we're, we're bringing different talents and strengths, aren't we? Yes, absolutely, yeah. Now, yeah, is it just a, re- I mean, one approach is just to randomly go, well, we'll just wing it. The other is to say, well, if I know what my strengths are and you know what your strengths are, yep, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it make sense, you know, to actually articulate those and make sure that if we know them, we can work together even more effectively? Yeah. Um, Whereas, you know, most people either go back to their, their career or their desk and they haven't actually even gone through the process of thinking, okay, what, and I love to call them superpowers because they're, they're, <laughs> they're those things that, what is it that you do better than anybody else? Yeah, your, your, your absolute strengths, yeah. And we're working and, with those. And, and often, you know, I was even reading a, just a, was funny, I was just reading a book uh, yeah, I'm reading a book at the moment, uh, and it, it was it was it was basically about about business and talking. I mean, he used the word superpowers as well, very similar themes, but in business. Um, but it's it might, often it's so difficult to see them without actually spending the time to reflect. And I've observed that most people don't actually have the, I mean, the simple some basic simple tools on how to analyze them. Yet most people either don't take the time or they don't know how to actually work out what. What are my superpowers? Yeah. So, effectively, what they're doing is they're, yeah, you mentioned about engagement. What what they're in is a role like a like a plant in a pot that, it, for one reason or another, may not actually be, yeah, you know, it just it just isn't the right pot for them. Yeah. Or 
Or likewise, it, it may not be a case of changing role, and this is part of the roadmap as well, Lisa, is it may not actually be changing role. Um, there's a fantastic TED talk that talks about, you know, US data about people who have a love affair with their jobs and, and a huge, huge study that was looked at around, um, you know, what were the, what were the common components of, of the people that actually went back? And I think it was about 13% of people were measured as, you know, this was a sample of over, you know, 10,000 know, Americans. And, and one of the things was that people don't land the dream job. Yeah, there's not, what they do is they find wiggle room and make it a dream job. Wiggle room. I like that. Yeah, so they, yeah. They, they work within their existing criteria that they've been given and this is your job title and this is your thing and then and then work it to suit their, or with, with the help hopefully of their bosses. Um, yeah. Do you think also that it's, uh, you know, there's, there's often a mentality, you don't, people don't want to employ someone who's better and brighter than they are or has different skill sets um, rather than complementary. You know, like I think, you know, I was listening to a podcast uh, talking about Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook and he said he always hires people who are better at him than him in mm. in specific areas and that you should always be employing people who who show you up if you like as being better than you but only then can you grow only yep. then can you you know develop um uh and so you know working with people's strengths instead of you know staying in the set roles that you've been given and this is what you are and this is who you are let's discover grant's great passion for digital marketing let's use them in that department or whatever it is is that why you've gone into sparked your 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 uh your business that you've launched so that you can actually give more guidance because new zealand does seem to be a little bit backward in in um you know in this career mid-career this this guidance or entrepreneurial help for people starting out in their businesses even um I mean, in short, yes. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say we're backward. We're just static. So yeah. uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit like a blank. So, uh, and I suppose having worked with so many people now and, and, and just observed, you know, what it is that people seem to be making the same mistake over and over and over again. So I'll give you a classic example. Let's just say you're about to apply for a job and you're going to put together a CV. Who will you go and ask? Ah, uh, mum. <laughs> yeah, your last mum. Now, the, 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 the funny. Th- yeah. So, so friends and family. The irony is, if your friends and family have got a crap CV, yeah, and have not gone through the process of actually some professional development, have actually you know spoken to somebody who knows what they're on about. You're photoco- You're making a bad photocopy of a bad photocopy. Yes. And if you've ever been on the hiring end, you find that seventy percent of the stuff that comes through your door. I mean, I'm on a, a an interview panel at the moment. It's just like what the Really? really? Oh, it's, 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 it's incredible. Ah. Yet the, I mean, and I was exactly the same, Lisa. I mean, I'll give you, I mean, it wasn't until I went, you know, through redundancy, literally at the age of, I think, 30-something, and, and the role that I was in was restructured. And I was fortunate enough to get some professional career advice. Yeah. And prior to that, I mean, I, you know, I'd won scholarships, so I thought it was pretty, pretty pretty good you know it was a success i'd got a, a job outside university straight yeah. from uni man did i have a big learning curve <laughs> you know i i had my photo on the front part of my cv you know with the curriculum vitae sprawled across it with grant verhoeven thinking you know everyone would love that photo uh, no Is that i was correct? attaching my, i was attaching my 
my academic transcript because, you know, surely employers would love to see all the hard work I've put in around A's. No. And <laughs> and so, you know, it's it's kind of like, and just having worked with people and I just, it's, I don't know how to explain it. I just, it's, it's this feeling in my, it's just this feeling, Lisa, of seeing time and time again, people coming and seeing me coming and, and, and they're just, they're you know, they've it. got amazing talent to burn, yet they are communicating it in an absolute confused, it's like talking a different language. Um, and, to the person, I mean, and, and, and they're padding it out. You know, I heard someone say yesterday that they someone sent them a 10-page CV. Uh, I mean, you know, it's like, what is going on? And I think... Well, you just don't they, know, do you? You know, if you're not in that position, applying for lots of jobs, uh, and I'm sure if you go to your, your local WINS office, the, the careers advice that you get there might not be the best. Um, or what the latest players with CVs and, you know, proposals, or like for me, I, you know, searching for sponsors. So I had to re- really learn what it was that they needed and how, and that keeps changing. It, all these things do oh. keep changing, what's acceptable nowadays, you know, because it's getting more and more professional, more and more digital. Well, five years ago, and um, even ten years ago, maybe it was five years ago. I mean, were there these things called podcasts? No, no. <laughs> so, so suddenly, uh, you know, we're we're pretty much we're communicating via a channel. You know, th- there's now professional podcasters. It's a skill set, as you know, Lisa. Oh, you know, <laughs> anybody that tries something new, and ourselves included. You know, we're trying to learn something that is from scratch yeah and without a roadmap much m- many times yeah without a roadmap and and the other thing is that uh you know i mean you you know the the book you know it's tipping point isn't it you've heard of is it malcolm gladwell's book tipping point yeah, i've heard of it. it i mean and it talks about the the principle of ten thousand hours you know i was at the i was at the hurricanes game last night against the lions and Bit, oh. bit annoying it finished 31 all but <laughs> it was an amazing game and yeah. but looking at the the players warm up you know these guys think of the number of times they've passed that ball the number of times they've kicked the ball mm. the amount of time and training and i think most people don't actually ever realize it until you know you've actually met someone or even just watched it it's that ten thousand hour principle yep. yet with all the change as you said this technology suddenly all these tools you know these apps you know we can you know, we can download this and change that. Where's this 10,000-hour principle? We're having to jump around so much. Yes. And what we really need to do is, number one, understand who we are, what we're about, and then find stuff that fits that, rather than what most people do, is they go on to seek or trade me. And they're looking out and they're hoping that this dream job will fall in their lap that's perfect and give them the direction that they need. That's not how it works. Uh-huh. How it works is undergoing the flip side, going from the inside out and effectively telling the world what you need. And, I mean, I think you'd probably agree with this and actually even generating an opportunity. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Going out there and banging on doors and working it out and networking and finding mentors. and Yeah, I mean, and, and again, you mentioned finding mentors. That's a key part of the roadmap. I mean... You know, if you're really, if you're struggling and you're unmotivated, look at the five people that you spend the most time around and you'll find nine times out of ten, it's those, you know, you'll, you'll look at their energy and what they're doing and it, as long as, you know, you're, 
you've got to set it up so that you're hanging around people and not, you know, completely, you know, disowning all your friends, but try and set it up so that you can be conscious. I think the big thing is about conscious and and surrounding yourself with people that are, you know, giving something a crack and, yeah, sure, maybe that didn't work. Maybe you had a problem here, you know. This is so true. Surrounding yourself with good people, going places... Um, yeah. Whether they've got all the answers or not is not the not the question. It's whether, what their attitude is, and if they're positive uh, in their in their aspect to you and to life. You know, there's nothing more draining than being around people who are negative, who are pulling you down, who are telling you you can't do something. Um, and this, you know, it's what I teach all the time: is, is surround yourself with supportive people who tell you you can do it, and those ones who say, "And this is the way." Well, this is yep. a, a light for you to follow or a guideline for you to follow, and, and off you go. Um, not the ones who are always constantly putting your brakes on you and saying you can't totally. do this or you can't do that. I mean, that, that really is, I think, the crux of, of uh, you know, uh, of having success in life is having people around you to, that, that can tell you, yep, you can do it, and I believe in you. You know, when you believe in someone, the power that is unleashed. When I'm coaching someone and I say to them, I believe in you, you can do this, I can see your skills, and I know that you can do it, it gives them permission to be successful. <laughs> totally. Look, yeah. I mean, I had someone come and see me last week, and, and this happens all the time. Literally, he comes in, and he must have sent off, what, 20 applications. Like, all the candy was licked off his ice cream. It looked like he'd been sort of taken down a dark alley and beaten with a stick. <laughs> and and, it, and it's tough. It is tough. You know, I mean, going out and putting yourself on the line, you know, you get that thanks but no thanks letter time and time again. I know what that's like. Mm. And all it took was, you know, I mean, you know, we, we chatted. I, I, I listened to what he was talking about. He was doing so much right. And I said, look... Be easy on yourself. You know, you've got, you're actually doing a heck of a lot right. Right. You know, give yourself a break. And you should have just seen the weight lift from his shoulders. Yeah. And, and every no is a step towards a yes, the ultimate yes, the right yes. You know? Yep, it is. But, I mean, I love the outward bound principle. Have you heard that? No, no. So, I mean, having done outward bound... Awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I probably not. Uh, how would you put it? I, I probably don't know. Yeah, you know, all the ins and outs. But my my take on Outward Bound is uh, pretty much it was it was started by Kurt Hahn, and he was just, he, he found that uh, all these sailors were going out to sea and dying, and that wasn't the old sailors that were dying; it was the young ones. So how does that work? You know, you got these young fit whippersnappers going out to sea and it's the old guys that are coming back and 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 surviving and Mm -hmm. what they discovered was why do you think it was the young ones that were were dying and the old ones weren't they didn't have the mental resilience or the knowledge yeah the knowledge the tenacity the grit and so what outward bounders is is effectively in my own words it's about stretching yourself outside your comfort zone but the key thing here lisa is that you've got the support around you I mean, you're not being thrown in the deep end and trying to sort of sink or swim. So likewise, whether it be in a university environment or, you know, being an entrepreneur or being, you know, going out to the workforce and, I mean, you know, informational interviewing, which is, you know, the gold mine of finding those 60% of the jobs that are never advertised. It's all well and good to go to someone and say, hey, go and network, you know, make sure you go to the next event and catch up with this person for a cup of coffee. Well... The average person goes, oh my gosh, 
I'm feeling pretty freaked out by that. But if you can give them, you know, some of the key tools, the words to say, the questions, and then they can go and give it a crack and come back to a supportive community, and that's what I want to build through Spark, then that is the one key thing that's going to keep moving people forward. That's what we all need, a safe place to return home to when we've been beaten and had <laughs> to submission. Uh, and someone who have a back and tell you this, keep going in this way and that way, uh, try this, try that. And, and uh, it's a bouncing board, isn't it? It's a springboard to success. Um, Look, just to have that person or that, that, that community. To, totally. But also like trying thing. to reduce the number of, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, it's never one thing, is it, Lisa? But it's also because, I mean, the other aspect is why would you go out and bash your head against the wall if all you needed to do was take a step to the left and walk around it? <laughs> and, and, and unfortunately, you know, that's part of being able to teach uh, people some of the principles, you know, some of the best practice so that you do not need to apply for that 50, those 50 jobs and get those 50 letters. It's actually, why don't you understand a little bit more about your strengths? Why don't you um, then pick and go out into the world and pick the ones that you do want to work with? Why don't you network effectively? Why don't you hustle up an opportunity so you look irresistible? And then you go in and actually they want you as much as you want them. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the key to it. And that, that takes a lot of skills and a lot of uh, confidence building, like you say. There's, there's, there's the crux of it, really. Yeah, I, I actually, well, it's funny you should say that. I, I actually think the principles are pretty simple. I mean, it's it's probably like if we were talking about running an ultra marathon. <laughs> I mean, I could probably interview you. I mean, I'd, I'd love to, yep. actually. Yep. I mean, you know, I, I'd imagine the principles of being successful. Generally, you know, there's going to be four, five, six yep. things, key things you need to get do. Yep. The principles are straightforward, but it doesn't make it easy. No. I mean, I take my hat off to you in terms of what you've been able to do. <laughs> the principles are straightforward, but it, it the, the hard work, the discipline, 10, the, the hours. challenges, <laughs> I mean, those are the things that are what sort of make it difficult. Yeah. And so when it comes to people succeeding in their career and winning the career jock- jackpot, most people think, oh, I'll just wake up one morning, I'll go to work, and I'll succeed. Oh. Uh, it doesn't. There doesn't need to be any work involved here. In fact, I'll just uh, hopefully find an employer that will save me. Or maybe I'll go to a manager that will look after my career. Or you know, maybe I'll go to a, do a degree that will tell me what to do. Well, actually, uh, no. no. That's what I find. It's all about you know having the initiative and taking the self responsibility for each step of the journey. You know, if I you know want to get to an ultra marathon and I know it's going to cost fifty thousand dollars or whatever it's going to be, and I have to go and find it, search it, not go. Oh, how do I get a sponsor? You know, and I get asked every week, how do I get a sponsor? Well, actually, it's damn hard. (laughs) You you want to work for you know for the next year on it, uh, then you can you can get there. Um, There is no simple formula. And of course, there are shortcuts, the things that you learn along the way. But basically, it is tenacity, hard work, perseverance, passion, persistence, consistency, yep. all those bloody hard work. Did I say that one? Um, yeah. You know. What's, that, what's the saying? The only place that work, uh, work comes, uh, what is it? The only place that success comes before work is in the dictionary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just aware of, uh, uh, yeah, uh, 
sorry to, to hurry it along, but I've, I'm you've just got aware another, of time. You've yep. got another person so, who needs your help. Hey, look, yes. Grant, I really appreciate you taking the time today. If anyone is interested in finding out more about how you can get this roadmap for your career success, then go to www.sparked.co.nz. Hook up with Grant Verhoeven. He's also an expert on LinkedIn. You'll find him everywhere on there. I'm trying to learn from him a little bit. Um, he's you know, pretty much everywhere around the net. Grant Verhoeven, thank you very much for being on the show today. Hey, Lisa, I want to thank you as well. And I, I suppose uh, I just really want to acknowledge you for the amazing work that you are doing, uh, helping people with some of those skills around, you know, just mental toughness and, and being able to give things a crack. And so, I mean... Oh, thanks. I need that. I need a pat on the back, occasionally. We all do, don't we? <laughs> totally. So, uh, look, um, look forward to, to, to keeping in touch. And, and, and if there are any questions out there, feel free to uh, either go on the website or uh, email me or even say hi by LinkedIn. But make sure you... Uh, if you're going to say hi by LinkedIn, make sure you make a personal note so I know that it's from this. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yes, please do. Pushing the limits. Oh. Thanks, guys. All right. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you very much, Grant. Okay. See ya. That's it for this episode of Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tamati. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and share all this goodness with your networks so we can impact more lives with positive insights and inspiring conversations. And check us out online at www.lisatamati.co.nz. That's it for this episode of Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tamati. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and share all this goodness with your networks so we can impact more lives with positive insights and inspiring conversations. And check us out online at www.lisatamati.co.nz.